Hello and welcome to Bird's Eye View, a podcast about the birds of the United States and the world in which they live. We take a bird's eye view as we explore a variety of topics related to birds, birding, and the natural world. As I've said the last two months, it is hot in eastern Oklahoma. I look forward to the day when I can say it's finally cooling off significantly or snow is on the ground, or there's frost on the pumpkins, and we will get there. It is one of those days I realized today that although it's hot and humid again, you can see through the behavior of our avian friends, the birds, that fall is on the way, or fall is almost here. The Mississippi kites are gathering overhead in increasingly large numbers, and some of those flocks presumably have already migrated south. As we go out in the woods, the warblers are migrating through. Yesterday we saw an oven bird, not particularly common in Oklahoma. We saw migrating vireos, four different species of vireos, some presumably resident, some migrating, but also saw Nashville warbler. We saw peeps, some leaf sandpipers, and probably baird sandpipers. So the, the migrants are coming through there was a raucous uh, juvenile late summer blue jay at the feeder begging its parents for food. So again, even though summer is here today in terms of heat and humidity, the birds are showing us and telling us that fall is on the way, and I am grateful for that. It is the 1st of September, and I look forward to a, a good month of September finding migrating shorebirds and migrating warblers. I still need to see this year a golden-winged warbler and a prairie warbler and a Canada warbler. Those are the three that could come through, and I certainly hope to find some this fall because I missed all three of those in the spring. Also missed northern water thrush, amazingly. I always get northern water thrush in migration. Did not get it this year, so hopefully I can soon. Fall always gets me poetic, fall and winter especially. I don't know why. Maybe it's just that it's I have the will to live again after a hot summer. I don't know what it is about fall. I think it inspires a lot of people, and it certainly inspires me to be poetic. Well, I thought I would share today some poetry, some of my bird poetry that I've written over the years. Socrates said, I decided that it was not wisdom that enabled poets to write their poetry, but a kind of instinct or inspiration such as you find in seers and prophets, who deliver all their sublime messages without knowing in the least what they mean. Muriel Rukeyser said of poetry, breathe in experience and breathe out poetry. And Mary Oliver said, poetry is one of the ancient arts, and it begins, as did all the fine arts, within the original wilderness of the earth. And I think my poetry comes from not just the fall and winter when I'm feeling a certain way. It comes from the earth. I write most about birds and the earth and the outdoors. And I want to share some of that today. I've written a lot of poetry now and then. My brother Wes Radford also writes poetry. And we actually, I will mention, compiled our poems into a book. So I'm going to give a shameless plug for that book. It's called To the Pallbearers. And I will all I will do is read the intro to the book, and then I will 
put a link to the book on Amazon in the show notes. So again, Wes and I wrote a, a book or compiled a book of our po poems called To the Pallbearers. The intro says, a pallbearer grasps a sturdy brass rod and hoists a loved one to carry them to their final resting place. They carry with them a lifetime of memories, love found and love lost, tears of joy and pain, conflicts and reconciliations, life's milestones and accomplishments, and the inevitable successes, failures, and hard lessons learned. We are all pallbearers. We carry with us the many and diverse experiences that accompany mortality. Within this collection of verses are a few of the joys and pains we have experienced. These poems are for you and to each of you, the pallbearers. Brothers Wes and Matt Radford. Again, I've written about birds in poetry plenty. In general, humans in poetry and in general in life anthropomorphize a lot. We attribute human characteristics or behavior to God, to animals, to objects, especially birds, because birds are everywhere. And birds conjure up a lot of thoughts in people. They elicit a lot of emotion, especially corvids, the ravens, crows, blue jays, all those type of birds because of their intelligence. For example, crows have always represented death, danger, misfortune, illness, but also rebirth, self-reflection, intelligence, loyalty. And as such, both good and bad omens. They represent good and bad things, depending on the culture, on the beliefs. And they have carved out their place into mythology, literature, popular culture. I want then to share two of my poems on crows. The first one is about vengeance, and it is entitled The Crow. A black and comely corvid stepping down the spore, a lonely shack still hid, he rapped upon its door, and all those cloaked within hoped he wouldn't come, deafened by their sin, ignorant of the thrum. With wings of woe and bane and death upon his chest, a plan so quick and plain, he came and took the rest. A black and comely corvid flying across the glen, a lonely shack now torrid, with vengeance lit within. Another poem about a crow and a raven, neath primrose shrouds. A willing crow and anxious raven, queen evening glow and image raven, with moon now high, top fragile clouds, neath plated sky and primrose shrouds. And sit they there near amber coals, with not a care, can share their souls. I wrote another poem about a bird. I don't know what type of bird but it's a poem of longing and wanting, perhaps to be with birds and do what they can do or be a bird. It is called Tell Me Bird. Tell me, handsome bird, about your lavish day. Sing me every cloying word before you go your way. Did you touch far skies and vault above the trees? Can you tell these moistened eyes that you'll soon take me, please? Just lift me from this grief and soar above the pain. And when the Sally gifts relief, we'll return again. A beautiful part of birds and the things I enjoy greatly is bird song. Bird song is good for the soul. Even a scolding song of a cat bird that is scratchy and bold does it for me. And I remember once 
seeing some catbirds scolding and carrying on. And on cue, one of them hopped up into a dog, a dogwood bush and sang to me. And I wrote a poem about it. The Catbird Scolds. With contempt, the catbird scolds, but stingy yet sweet notes he holds. So parched I wait and hope to be quenched with sweetest melody. Then lofted high on zephyr near, they fall upon my waiting ear. And to my heart it quickly flows, and with a burst in haste he goes. Not knowing yet the gift he gave, nor the precious life he saved. Another bird song that was particularly poignant for me to hear was a Baird Sparrow. Levi and I, in North Dakota one summer, we went out with a friend and saw our lifer Baird Sparrow. It wasn't on migration, it wasn't on its wintering range, it was still on a small, isolated pocket of North Dakota native prairie, and it had this beautiful tinkling song that I just loved. And we sat there, just the three of us, and heard this beautiful Baird Sparrow song on the North Dakota prairie. And of course, I wrote a poem about it. A Tinkling Hymn. A tinkling hymn from prairie near, a gift from him, my waiting ear, doth beg that he will sing again, and just for me the sweet refrain, can fill my soul up to its brim, from prairie knoll, a tinkling hymn. Another beautiful sparrow song is the Bachman Sparrow. Unlike the tinkling tinkling song of a Baird Sparrow on the North Dakota prairie, the Bachman Sparrow's in heavier, more rugged-feeling southern pines. He's more like a southern gentleman. So I wrote a song about the Bachman Sparrow, Old Man Bachman. Old Man Bachman sings a tune through rains of May neath sun of June. With striped head and olive side, his sweetest strain can't stay inside. Through southerns this song is heard from deep within this furtive bird. Oklahoma provides a great opportunity to see a lot of sparrows. There's many wintering sparrows. On a good day, you can see 12 species. On a really good day, you could get 15 species. In migration, there's even more, but there's great wintering sparrows in Oklahoma. So when, when things are drab and cold and dark and brown, at least I can see sparrows. And I wrote a poem about it, brown and gold. A hundred hues of brown and gold, neath the blues of winter cold, with their cues, brash sparrows scold. Another poem I wrote is about owls. I saw a picture of a single owl, and the, the taker of that picture felt like perhaps the owls had lost each other, that one was gone when there were two owls before. Anyway, it, it, it stirred up these feelings of two owls being in love, and I wrote a short little poem about it. There is a genus of species called Athene, and Athene is often a term used to describe groups of owls. My beauty, Athene, a yearning heart pulled apart, oh, what a chasm between. How will this soul ever be full away from my beauty, Athene? Birds certainly provide tranquility for me, and nature in general provides great tranquility. It's something I have to do is be in nature. I wrote a poem about that called The Sweet Debt. I'll spend my time to watch the crow, and with the climb, hail acorns grow, and spy the hawk until it flies from callous rock toward azure skies. And with sunset, still here I'll be, the sweet debt of tranquility. As I mentioned before, 
I find tranquility in nature and in bird watching, especially in the fall. There's something special about fall. I wrote a poem about fall on lofted breeze. October chill on lofted breeze, pushing through now crooked trees, finally teasing leaves to fall. First just one, then finally all, to quickly drop without a sound, to convene again on autumn ground. My mother passed away in 1994. My dad Father passed away two years before her in 1992. I've lived by far more of my life without them than I lived with them. And I'm still not, I'm still relatively young, I think. I'm not an old, old person yet. I lost them early. I was only 22 and 24, uh, respectively. And my mom loved the outdoors. She loved nature. She loved birds. She was very appreciative of my love for birds. And I remember walking up along the slough and talking to her after dad had died, but before she had died. And she expressed to me how much she loved that I loved nature and the outdoors and told me that the five or six acres of slough of riparian habitat there that she just wanted me to have. And she deeded it to me. And it's still a piece of habitat that I hold dear, a piece of the old farm that I hold dear. Uh, my brother, Stephen and I, over the years, have recorded over 80 species of birds on that piece of property. So I think of my mom often in relation to nature and birds. And my mother loved Emily Elizabeth Dickinson, as many of you do. So I do want to share two poems from a poet that's clearly much better than I am, Emily Dickinson, two poems that my mother loved. Emily was born in Amherst, Massachusetts to a a very successful family with strong community ties. I think she had a good life, but she was mostly introverted and reclusive. And because of that, she wrote a lot of poetry. But I wanted to read two of her poems. One is called Hope. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. And sweetest in the gale is heard and sore must be the storm that could abash the little bird that kept so many warm. I've heard it in the chillest land and on the strangest sea, yet never in extremity is ask a crumb of me. Again, that was Emily Dickinson. Also by Emily Dickinson is a poem, If I Can Stop One Heart From Breaking. This is probably the best poem in the world. I love it. And it was on our farmhouse wall growing up, and it really captured how my mother was. She was an amazing, giving individual. It is called, If I Can Stop One Heart From Breaking by Emily Dickinson. If I can stop one heart from breaking, I shall not live in vain. If I can ease one life the aching or cool one pain, or help one fainting robin into its nest again, I shall not live in vain. Just amazing. I wrote a poem about my mother. Uh, again, we lost her in the fall of 1994. I wrote this poem after several springs of not having my mother. Mother was born in June. She had a June birthday. Her birthday was between the blooming of the flowers she loved the most. The lilacs bloomed before her birthday. The hollyhocks bloomed after her birthday. And later in life, she planted many, many orange mums. And I think of those three flowers when I think of my mother. And when I see those flowers, I think of her. 
So I wrote a poem to her and about her called A Silent Spring. It was a silent spring, with no birds heard to sing, no flowers found my view, nor taste of sweetened dew. For you had gone away a long past autumn day, and though spring came anew, it grew gray without you. As I birdwatch, or all of us do, we always love the mornings. We chase the light in the morning. When the light is fresh and new, we, we see birds. We pay attention closely to when the sun is rising. I wrote a poem called Light My Way. Morning sun, light my way. Abide with me another day. Burn this frost from off my heart and help me see the better part. As I go through every day, we, I take paths. We literally take paths out in nature, but we also take paths throughout the day, whether it's getting through work, getting through life, we take paths. But the same path looks differently based on the day, based on our mood, based on the time of year. And I wrote a poem about that called This Erstwhile Path. I'll walk this erstwhile path now soon, first under sun, then under moon. And both will different gifts impart, one to my mind, one to my heart. Inevitably, every day, whether we're bird watching or doing something else, we chase the light. We hope we can get as much done as we can while the light is still up. But eventually it does set. I wrote two poems about that. One is called Chase the Light. The other is called A Melon Sun. I'll chase the light as she scurries tonight across every river and knoll. She'll keep heading west, but I'll do my best to capture her fickle soul. A melon sun. Behold a melon sun who paints in every hue. Another day now done, she slips quick out of view. The last poem I want to share is one that's probably my favorite. It's my longest poem called There Once Was a Bird. It is about how we might be prompted at times or we might feel compelled at times to keep our gifts or talents to ourselves. But often there are people that simply need what we need to give them in terms of talents and gifts, and we shouldn't always keep them to ourselves. It's called, There Once Was a Bird. There once was a bird. There once was a bird who sang not a word. He kept it all to himself. Stoic and frigid, he stood very frigid like a statue upon a shelf. The sun would come up, his mouth would stay shut, content to sit very still. Birds sang all around, but he stared at the ground in his tree there on the hill. His song stayed inside. It was easy to hide by clamping his little beak tight. He just didn't care enough to share as day pushed away night. But then one day an old friend came his way and stopped with a tear in his eye. I am quite sad and feel very bad. That's why I stand here and cry. Old friend in that tree, sing a song for me. You know, it wouldn't take long. I need something inside that you could provide. Please, won't you sing me a song? That bird, he looked down at his friend on the ground and said, You know I don't sing, but I guess just for you I have a moment or two. Perhaps I can help with this thing. So he puffed out his chest and gave it his best. He warbled and whistled and cooed. And the woods went still, all over the hill. There seemed a change in the mood. Heads turned around and paused at the sound that none had ever heard. It couldn't be from that seemingly dumb, old and crotchety bird. So they all took flight and flew with their might where the sound came from, and were shocked to see, right there in the tree, him singing to his chum. It was a beautiful strain, simple and plain, 
but it touched them all inside. He had warmed a chill across the hill by setting pride aside. We all have things beneath our wings that are needed by a friend. So let's stand proud and sing aloud and give until the end. I appreciate you listening to me share poetry today. I hope you have a wonderful day. And if you feel as summer moves to fall and winter compelled to write, do it. Write things down. Doesn't have to be poetry, but just write your thoughts and feelings. Get them on paper and they will have value to someone in the future. Thanks again. I do love and appreciate you all. Bye-bye.